I've always said this, immigrants, like undocumented students, it's not that they're not skillful. It's not that they don't have talent. They're just not prepared how to do it. And I had to figure it out on my own to be like, oh, I branded myself, I got these opportunities. Let me just show other people how to do that. And I was like, okay, what's what's a name that could roll off the tongue and people could say it? I was like, oh, prepare. Yeah, we'll help you prepare. Uh, and and that's how the, the name come up, came up. And, and again, it was done by market research, talking to people and, and interviewing them. Hey everyone, I'm your host Kevin Munoz. Before we begin today's episode, I'd like to thank all my wonderful patrons who make this podcast possible through their monthly contributions and those who have bought the Leo podcast merch through the website. If you haven't already checked it out, there's t-shirts, coffee mugs, stickers, and even an eco tote bag, all of which came out really nice. So what are you waiting for? Go show some love and rock some Leo podcast swag by purchasing a t-shirt or one of the various items mentioned through my website latinamericaneo.org slash shop that's latinamericaneo.org slash shop now let's get into today's episode in this episode i had the pleasure to speak with juan maya hernandez an immigrant entrepreneur and speaker it was years of struggling to find opportunities working as a day laborer juggling freelance photography and his inability to pay for school expenses that motivated him to embark on a path in entrepreneurship maya was non-daca for 18 years until july of 2021 when he got accepted for daca currently he's going to his fifth year at ucla and today we're going to be talking about his startup prepare hope you love the episode as much as i enjoyed recording it Man, I'm stoked for this. Uh, I'm happy to have you on here and then finally meet you face to face, right? As as far as face to face goes online. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I wanted to I wanted to talk to you about your startup, Prepare Web. But before all of that, I think we all want to get to know um, what what your upbringing is. What made Juan Maya Hernandez Juan Maya Hernandez? <laughs> And do you go by Juan? Do you go by Maya? Or what do you prefer? I prefer Maya just because uh, in my high school, there was just a lot of Juanes and they would make the jokes of like, I want los Juanes or like, you know, <laughs> all these little things. So yeah, Maya, you can call me Maya. That's all what right, we'll, we'll go with Maya then. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. So tell us about um, your upbringing and just what events in, in your life shaped the person in front of me today. A lot. <laughs> right. Were you but, uh, always like this motivated? Um, I, you know, I've been following you for a while and I mean, you're an entrepreneur, but yeah, I'd say you also a motivational speaker, honestly, because always po- you're always posting mo- stuff that like motivates people. And then, yeah. What, what made you so motivated and, and who you are today? Yeah, no, well, well first and foremost, it's an honor to be here. Uh, I I've been listening to your podcast at least the, the last couple of weeks. Um, when I go to the gym, when I'm in the gym. So uh, thanks for that. that. Um, and, um, uh, but yeah, like I, I, Hey everyone, my name is Juan Hernandez. Uh, I mean, I'm undocumented. I, I grew up uh, in Mexico. So I was born in Mexico uh, and I actually came here. I came here when I was two, three years old. Uh, but uh, everything ties together. Uh, at that time I had epilepsy. Uh, so I had seizures from two to three years old in Mexico 
Um, and even now, I'm barely finding out all these little things. You know, like I don't remember much. Uh, but I did have epilepsy in Mexico. My mom was constantly in the hospital. She would tell me that, you know, in Mexico, I would get this epilepsy for like a week, sometimes two weeks. I'd be at the hospital and it would happen randomly, randomly. Uh, and she said that like when when it first happened, uh, she thought I was dead. Like when, when it first happened, like she would she found me somewhere in Mexico, just laying there um and she thought I was dead uh but she took me to the hospital and and the interesting part that I always I mean that I'm still amazed at is that uh the doctors in Mexico never found any like neuro neurological like you know problems with my brain nothing uh and they couldn't cure it like they would give me medication there but they couldn't cure it they um, diagnosed you though they did they say diagnosed, like you- yeah yeah they, okay. they diagnosed me and, and now I'm, I'm I'm I mean today I found out like that is called uh, that I had a post traumatic uh, epilepsy. Okay. Uh, and um, like, I'm telling you, like, all this is new to me, but like, you know, I, I've known this all my life, but, uh, you know, when I was two, three years old, I had that. Uh, and then we moved to the US uh, because, like, I tell you, my mom tells me that it was very difficult because uh, she felt like I wasn't getting any better over there in Mexico. And, and we also were very poor over there. So we, so maybe it was the lack of eating over there uh, that caused that. Uh, but then when we came here, because my dad had already sort of uh, come here, um, then I actually, you know, I got different medication here and I got cured, uh, you know, for mm-hmm. a year. Um, but even then, like they did a lot of studies. Uh, they they never found anything on my brain. Uh, so it still amazes me of how like a, a lot of stuff that I don't even know. They didn't, they didn't even know what happened. But I guess that's that's early on. Like, that's the first thing that has happened to me, like in Mexico and, and coming here, you know, I um I was put in like ELD classes. And I mean, obviously, like I did grow up here when I was two, three years old. Uh, so I was very young, but uh, English was always hard for me. <laughs> yeah. uh, and, and I'm sure that it is for a lot of people, especially people that come much, much older. Right. Um, and then in middle school, like, man, I, I, I struggled in middle school, too, because in, in seventh grade, I was constantly being bullied because of my accent, constantly not being able to communicate with people. And and kids would just make fun of me. They'll make me cry every day, man. Like, I, I hated going to school. Uh, and at that time, like um, my my father was working as a day laborer, uh, you know, from the morning to the evening. And then my mom would work at a taco truck from the evening to the night. So there wasn't a lot of like time where I could like speak to my parents and stuff. Um, and that was very difficult for me because I, I, I felt like I didn't belong there, man. I, I, you know, I had imposter syndrome very early on, right. uh, and I couldn't really connect with people. I, I, it was difficult for me. The only way I, I, I sort of made friends was through soccer. And, uh, you know, I, I used to play soccer. I was really good. And that's how, that's how I got along. But like in middle school, one of the, one of the things that like really happened to me, like I mentioned, I was, I was constantly being bullied, but. One of the things that I that I still remember to this day in seventh grade was uh, in one of my PE classes, all these kids in, in that class would bully me. So like they would bully me and stuff. Uh, but one time we were playing soccer and uh, I, I remember kicking the ball over. And I don't know why, but like <laughs> after I kicked the ball over, people just came running at me. It was like 20, 25 kids. And I was they looked mad because I kicked the ball over. And keep in mind, these are the kids that would bully me. So uh i see them run at me man i was like what the, I was like what's going on like and so i start running and then i trip down and once i trip down all i remember is freaking kids just kicking me all over my body punching me everywhere and i i cried man i 
like I tell you, I didn't have like I couldn't go to my family because they weren't there most of the time uh, at that time. Mm-hmm. And, and, and just going to school, it's supposed to like for me to learn. Right. But I'm here getting bullied, getting kicked in the head. And and I remember that um, I remember just crying a lot that day. And I was like, bruised up and I was really sad. Um, and I remember that like my PE teacher saw me uh, that that had happened to me. I explained to him. And um, this really shifted the way I looked at life. Uh, I, I told my PE teacher, you know, this, ha- this happened to me. And all my PE teacher told me was, as long as you don't tell anybody, I'll go buy you Jack in the Box. Like, he didn't even offer to help me. He didn't. He told me, don't tell the principal because he was just new. He didn't want to get fired. And because at that time, I, I didn't, you know, I, I, I wasn't as resilient as I am now. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't ask for help. And that was a big mistake uh, because I, I could have probably, you know, done a bunch of other things. Uh, but, um, you know, at that point in my life, I, 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 I had suicidal thoughts and like, I didn't see, uh, like a purpose here. Like I didn't see a purpose and, um, but I mean, nothing ever happened. Cause I've always sort of seen like, you know, like, you know, I see my parents work hard and stuff and I was like, nah, like there's gotta be something more out there. So I didn't end up doing anything, but I had, I had an intent at that time to, you know, to, you know, uh, to end my life. But you know, in eighth grade, the way that I sort of overcame this, and this is actually the reason why I didn't get DACA the first time, because I because I, I did qualify. Right. But oh, okay. uh, I did qualify. Uh, but uh, in eighth grade, you know, I was just I got sick and tired of people just making fun of me. And these kids would like, you know, they would do graffiti. They would do all these different things. And and honestly, man, like the way that I, I thought at that time was, you know what? I can't beat these people. Like, I'm going to just join them. So what I ended up mm. doing was like I started doing graffiti. I started doing what these people did because I felt like this was the way that they would accept me and it would end the bullying. Like it ended the bullying uh, and I didn't get bullied as much no more because I guess I was one of them um, and I felt accepted. Right. But then I did a, a very, very big mistake in my life where uh, because of all these things, um, I got really good at like graffiti and I got really good at that. Um, and then I ended up vandalizing the school uh, and, and, and um, I did graffiti around the school because obviously, you know, the people I was hanging out with uh, and, and, um, and then I remember the time where, where people sort of, where people snitched on me, like the people that I was hanging out with, uh, they, they, they ratted me out and stuff. And then they caught me and then they caught me by the school police. And then I was like right there, and um i remember the time where they called my mom my mom comes she's all crying and she's like just devastated right because for her you know this is this is somebody that has been there since i had epilepsy that was there every right. single moment of my life right and and everything she did was for me to come here and like succeed but then you know i'm not i'm not doing that i'm doing graffiti and doing all these things right so when i saw my mom cry like that broke me i was like what what the heck am i doing right and at that time like i knew i had epilepsy my mom had always told me and I knew my struggles, but like, I was like, you know what, like, if I'm going to make my mom cry, like I'm going to make her cry, um, of joy. And, and, and then, um, yeah, I had to do like a lot of community service mm. and I was actually <laughs> at risk to not graduate. Mm. Uh, but for me, like looking at it now, like that was my way out at that time. That was the only thing that I knew how to sort of cope. You know, I, at that time, I only have an, I only had an older brother. I mean, now my, my family's bigger now, but you know, <laughs> I, I couldn't really talk to my, my older brother. I couldn't talk to my family. Cause like I tell you, they would come at different times. Um, so then in, in high school, like I turned stuff around and, and um, so you know, before it, not to interrupt you, but before we yeah. get into the, the high school part, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
um, <laughs> a lot to unpack in the middle school part. Yeah, but sure. uh, I just wanted to foremost, first and foremost, say like I'm I'm sorry you had to go through that experience. You know what I mean? Um, it's it's unfortunately the way I, I feel like it's something that we do find us immigrants um, yeah. in where we get judged for the way we look, how we sound. Uh, people probably think that we aren't as smart, even though yeah. we're learning two <laughs> languages, <laughs> might I add. Um, so, I mean, that, that I'm sorry that that happened to you. Um, all right, man. <laughs> it's all right. I'm, I'm wondering how, uh, like you said, you, you didn't tell anyone, right. Um, at that point, the, like, was it because you didn't want to burden like your parents, you know, um, or was it just like, what was, what was your mindset of, of, of not like reaching out like to your parents? Right. Well, because I was afraid, I was afraid of like, what would happen? Like, you know, what would happen if these, if I told on these bullies or like, if I told on these people, I was just yeah. afraid. I was, I was, I was scared of life. I was scared of everything. Cause I'll throw out my point there. Like I, I had a hard time just going to school. I had a hard time just like, you know, adapting because of all these external things that would happen to me and constantly getting bullied, like it would bring my yeah. self-esteem down, you know, and, and it wouldn't happen like just occasionally. It would happen every day. And like, mm-hmm. um, um, and I guess for me, like I, I just didn't, I didn't want to say anything because I didn't know, like I didn't have that strength to say, okay, I'm going to go ask for help. And and I know that if I, if that would have, you know, if I would have said something then and there, maybe my life would have been different. But for me at that moment in time, I was scared, man. I was just yeah. scared of, of the bullies. I was scared of what's going to happen to my parents. What are they going to think and, of me? And, and that right there is, is, is a huge part. That's something I experienced myself is like the, from, for not speaking up the, a lot of, a lot of things that happened growing up that I didn't speak up was the main factor was fear. Um, that was always in the back of my head. Like if I tell someone like, like they're going to get a slap on the wrist, but yeah maybe I or my family will get like deported. Like that's a real, like that's a real thing, yeah. you know, like that we always have in the back of our heads and, and it holds us back a lot that um, I found you can overcome. Like it's still in the back of my head, probably the back of your head, but we come, we overcome with like knowledge, right? The knowledge mm-hmm. of, Hey, we have these rights and, and we, we, we can also um, uh, find like a legal, legal route. Right. Like I, I should speak up and whatnot, but that all comes with like learning. Um, mm-hmm. And, and yeah, I mean, that's just, it's just interesting to, to see how uh, that's just such a common thing for people, but it's something that we also, we, I think it's something that every like immigrant has to overcome yeah. and maybe some don't, but yeah, let's get into, into the high school part and how you started <laughs> shifting that mindset, right. Where you're like, uh, I'm going to start doing better for myself and like for my family right yeah yeah for sure um and yeah yeah thank you for thank you for that thank you for explaining that too um and um yeah in ninth grade i mean i was still hanging out with the wrong people uh mm-hmm. with, with one of my friends he was still like a, you know somebody that didn't pay attention to school but uh then i had another incident where one of my teachers stopped me after class and she was like hey maya like you're really intelligent you're very smart but you keep hanging around with the wrong people you're not gonna make it very far and that spoke to me because you know, my previous, my previous teacher that I had spoken to told me, don't tell anybody and uh, I won't get fired. And then this teacher is like, I had, for the first time I had somebody tell me like, I believe in you. It's just, you got to make better decisions. 
Mm. Um, so then I began doing that. So, you know, I stopped hanging out with this, with this one person uh, that would used to smoke or do all these things. I never smoked. I never did all these things because of my, you know, my, my, my health. Uh, and even when I was younger, right. I don't want to put anything at risk. Yeah. Um, and yeah, man, like in, in, in ninth grade, like I never, I never actually knew I was undocumented. I never actually knew what that meant. Mm. Uh, so I never knew that it was going to be like a setback for me to like not go to college. I think college for me was always like, I'm going to go like, um, right. because I didn't know mm. I was undocumented. Uh, yeah. but also my older brother was also in, um, my older brother was already at CSUN. So my older brother had already made it. So like, I also saw myself going because my older brother did it. And, um, and, um, CSUN so, yeah. in, uh, in, in California. Yeah, yeah. Well. Okay, okay. Northridge. Sorry, I'm yeah, from yeah. Jersey, so it's just like... <laughs> yeah, no, no, yeah, yeah. My bad. I know, no, that's fine. <laughs> like, um, I have family in California, you know, but uh, I lived there for for uh, a year, but I don't, I don't know. I was too young for. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it was. Uh, yeah, it was. Uh, it's called Cal State Northridge, and 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 just seeing him, I was like, okay, I could totally do that. And my okay. brother, uh, he was. I mean, he was always just pushing me uh, because my other brother still remembers. Like my other brother, when we came here, he was like seven years old. I was two. Uh, so he really still remembers life in Mexico and how hard it was over there. So for mm. him, his goal was, you know, helping me get into college and helping me sort of, you know, navigate right. that. Um, so what I ended up doing was like, okay, what was my goal? Right. And, um, and my brother was guiding me and then I was like, okay, I'm going to go to the number one UC that I can. And let me see if I can actually make that happen. And at that time it was UCLA and I was like, okay, how can I do that? So in my freshman year, what I ended up doing was, I talk to my homeroom teacher. I tell her, what do I need to do to get into UCLA um, <laughs> when, you know, when I'm, a, when I graduate from here and she was like, Oh, talk to these two teachers. Cause I had two teachers that actually went to UCLA. So then I go talk to them and everything. It was just like, okay, you get the best grades that you can. So you can then get into UCLA. Um, but even that it wasn't easy. I still struggled in English. Um, my high school, uh, they didn't have many APs like advanced placement classes. But um, but I did end up taking uh, AP English <laughs> and I struggled, man. I was I was actually about to fail that class because like my teacher was like, Maya, you're not understanding this. Like your writing doesn't make any sense. Your grammar needs a lot of work. Yeah. And and she's like, if you don't get it together, like, you know, you're not going to pass this class. And obviously, like in the back of my mind, I was like, you see, they can't see me like fail this class. So like I need to get it yeah. together. So what I ended up doing was. I was like, all right, um, I'm going to start staying after school. I'm going to start talking to this, you know, this teacher. Um, and eventually, I, I, I mean, I passed the class. I got and the, and the craziest thing for me was like um, I on our final essay for that class, I ended up getting the highest score on it uh, out of anybody in my class. And, and I was like, damn, like, what the fuck? Like, I could actually do this like from ESL to to, to yeah. highest grade in AP English. That's a, that's a huge <laughs> improvement. <laughs> so then, you know, and then in my third year, like I was, because I was like a good student getting, you know, pretty much A's and B's. Um, they recommended me to be a student leader at this organization called the United Way Student Leadership Program. And it was nice. It was a great experience, but they recommended me. And for me, that was big. I was like, man, like, uh, you know, the people are recognizing me and they're recommending me to this. And then in that program, like, you know, I, I got connected with other people. The food was great. Um, <laughs> their, um, how do you call it? Like their building, their building in downtown was like really nice. And mm -hmm. I was like, wow, this is nice. Like, I feel like I, it feels good. Uh, and then my third year, like they actually have partners with different nonprofits. And this is where I realized that I was undocumented. Like 
Uh, so they had partners with different nonprofits. Uh, so any so student it, so leader every summer is guaranteed. A, oh, sorry. No, uh, so you didn't realize you were undocumented till you were like applying uh, in the college process then? No, no. So I, I realized I wasn't undocumented when I had to fill out paperwork for this, you know, paid internship uh, summer with this, uh, they were like, Oh, where's your, where's your, you know, social security number, your work permit. I was like, gotcha. uh, what mm. is that? I don't have that. <laughs> okay. Right. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. So then, um, yeah. And then, and then that's when I realized that. And then, so then I began like looking out for other resources and I, I learned about the dream act and I learned about all these different things that I needed to do. Right. But I was always on it. Like I, it wasn't something that like, like I knew I was going to go to college regardless of the situation. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's when I realized I was undocumented and, and um, uh, but it still never changed my mission, right? Like I, I was still wanted to go to UCLA. So I actually ended up getting the best grades I ever could that, 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 that semester, because I know that UCLA wanted to see that and, and stuff. Um, then I applied. Uh, so then, you know, fast forward to, UCLA like even there I've struggled you know I I feel like a lot of people think that you know once you get to a certain place uh then that's it right but it mm-hmm. doesn't work that way I thought that once I got to UCLA all my problems would go away I'll be like oh yeah right. <laughs> I made it now but it's just new part, problems <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah so then when I got there like I was like okay um my my first two years I actually took out eight thousand dollars worth of loans um okay just to, you know, to live there and have a meal plan and for some tuition because I needed it. Okay. Uh, and at that time, um, so I guess I didn't, maybe I didn't explain this, but the reason why I didn't apply for DACA is because of that incident that I had in middle school where I vandalized the school and like I had that uh, you know, okay, misdemeanor. Okay. Right. And then my mom didn't want to sort of risk that because it, I was actually supposed to go to court, but I never went to court. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she didn't want to risk it at that time. And yeah. I mean, it makes sense, you know. Um, so I didn't have DACA. Uh, so but I was thankful enough mm-hmm. that like, you know, in California, they, they do give out like dream loans, dreamer loans uh, for undocumented people that have been here and they have like diplomas and stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, I took out eight thousand dollars worth of loans. Um, but even before that, I knew I needed money if I was going to live at UCLA. So I ended up doing day laboring with my dad uh, for a whole summer hated it man i hated it but it was it was just something that i was like ah well you know like i saw like my my family would always remind me like you wouldn't be in this situation if you wouldn't have done that mistake in middle school you know um that's tough yeah yeah and but but like i and and for a long time like i held on to that you know like i was like man it's on my fault all these things uh but but you know working with my dad as a day laborer i really saw the value of everything that i had like you know I'm not sure how familiar you are with day laborers or if you've ever done day laboring, but um, my oh dad... yeah, I go here and there on the weekends with my dad. We do some um, cut some people's grasses, just extra income. You know, I always like to make money, so anyway, in there, yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. But I think for me, like my the type of day laboring that my dad does is like doing uh, picking up trash manually. So like we would okay. go to like wooden hills and like man, there would be like, you know, metal and all these different things that would have to carry. And I actually messed up my back there for carrying mm. a lot, like a, a bunch of things. Um, but man, it was very difficult for me because there were some days where like we would go 
um we would go to this you know we would get a car well my dad would get a car and like we would go to these buildings and they would be like oh you got to take out trash from the 20th floor all the way down manually and um i was like man i don't know i don't know how we're gonna do this but like we would end up doing it sometimes we would pick up like i remember one time we picked up this this humongous freaking uh wood that was like on an on an incline hill Mm-hmm. and we had to bring it from from the bottom all the way to the top man and it wasn't fun but i knew that this was like what i had to do at this moment in my time to make some money so i can have it when i go yeah. to ucla um and then when i got to ucla it wasn't easy either because uh I, I actually had problems with my roommate my my first year roommate like uh yeah we we had problems and um i was just me and him but like um it was difficult because I, I didn't feel comfortable like coming to my dorm because, you know, this person like we, we kind of had beef or whatever because mm. our schedules didn't align. We, he was also like he was white and stuff. So like it was, it was different. So we got into like some conflicts. Uh, and then in my second year, I I fell under academic probation because uh, even though I had maximized my loans, um, like I, I needed to find a way to make money. Like I needed to find a way to make a thousand dollars for one of my classes. And because mm-hmm. I didn't have DACA at that time, I was like, you know, I, I can't go work. I can't do a work permit. And and I still did daily with my dad and that got me, you know, some money, but it wasn't enough for me to say like, oh, I could pay this class. But I also knew that it was up to me to sort of overcome this and find a way. So what I ended up doing was I, I went to, um, I went to this program at UCLA called Startup UCLA. And I ended up going there and I told them like, hey, like this is my situation, <laughs> you know, and, and I've always been ever since my incident in high school, I've always been like I always ask for help, like whenever I need right. it. And I don't and I don't it doesn't matter who hears it. Like I just tell people like, oh, yeah, I'm undocumented and like I can't work because I don't have this. And at that time, like I tell you, I have DACA. Um, so then uh, they, the lady that I spoke to actually told me you're really good at photography. You should start monetizing it um and you should start charging people for it and given my background i have the <laughs> i was good at photography but i didn't think i was good enough for people to pay me for it right um and then maybe a month or two later this same lady tells me hey maya like uh there's this event this student entrepreneur event um and uh, we're looking for a photographer uh you know uh, would you be interested in photographing this event uh and how mm-hmm. much would it cost me and um you know i i knew i needed like <laughs> should have been like one thousand dollars <laughs> <laughs> and, and i knew i needed money right and but but keep in mind like i had never negotiated anything i had never told anybody like oh this is what i do this is how much i charge but i did right some right i did some research and i was like okay these people charge a thousand two thousand dollars but i didn't think i was there yet i didn't see myself there yet because i didn't have experience so i was like okay i know i want two hundred dollars but you know what like one of the things that i learned with my dad when he went to you know, when we would do day laboring, he would always like he would always ask, but like um, he would ask a price that he know they tell him no. So then he could bring it down right. to the price that he wants. Right. So then um, I ended up I was like, man, I want two hundred dollars. You know, I, I want two hundred dollars for this. Um, but I'm going to you know what? I'm going to tell her six hundred dollars. Screw it. Let's see what she says. Yeah. So I ended up telling her, oh, yeah, you know. And, and, and the way that I did it, like, you know, I was, I was faking it till I made it. Like I told her, Hey, <laughs> I, I sent her an email. And I was like, Hey, like, cause I knew I needed the money. <laughs> yeah. uh, and, 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 and I tell her like, Hey, like, you know, based on my, you know, based on like the market research and based on like my experience, my past client, I did it for $800. 
But, mm-hmm. you know, because this is for UCLA, I can do it for $600. Um, and then, and then I was, honestly, I didn't have much expectations. I was like, all right, she might say no, she might say all these things, but I need the money. And she ended up saying yes to me. Like she said, okay, let's do it. Uh, nice. but she, and she knew my situation. So she said, how can we sort of figure that out? Uh, so the way she ended up paying me was through a scholarship that would go um, through my financial aid. So I got $600 in like two and a half hours. Um, and then, I mean, I also got free food that day. And I was like, damn, like, you know, if you just ask sometimes, like you get to learn and all these different things. And I remember telling her one thing, like I would see these kids that were like my age, they were white, they were Asian, but I always, uh, at these entrepreneurship events, the startup events, and they would always come into teams of problems pitch. And I remember telling mm. her, can I pitch something? Like, can, can I pitch my idea? I have an idea. Can I go pitch it? And she didn't let me that day. And then I was start, and then I, she ended up, uh, hire, uh, she told me to do another event a couple weeks later. And I asked myself, like, what do these people have that we don't have? Like, what's the difference between them and me? Why aren't my people here? Like, why, where's the Latinx people? Where's the undocumented people? Where, where are they at? You know, because, you know, I'm sure we could all do something like this. Uh, but I, I constantly ask myself, like, what do they have that we don't? Uh, so then I just started reading. I started reading more books. And I was like, you know, what? like, okay, let's figure it out. We'll figure it out. And I never said, like, I can't do this because I don't have this. Like, I always have always said like i'll find a way like you know mm-hmm. i'll find a way to make it work um so i did i mean ever since that experience that gave me the confidence to start doing you know start charging for photography and i ended up doing um so i started a side hustle called headshots on the go and and then through there you know at that time i, I was reading a lot of books <laughs> um and then um you know, I was like, hey, what's a problem that I could solve with the skills that I have? And, and on LinkedIn, there was a lot of students at UCLA that had really bad profile pictures, <laughs> really bad profile oh, pictures. Okay. And I was like, okay, let me do this. I had never done headshot photography in my life, but I was like, I'll learn it. I'll figure it out. Let me just put up something. Let me see people, how people would respond. So I ended up, I end up putting like a, like an, like a post on Instagram. I put a, no, not on Instagram, on GroupMe. We have GroupMe, you know, on, on at UCLA. Mm-hmm. And then I tell them, hey, everyone, I'm going to be at UCLA doing free headshots this day. Let me know if you want a free headshot. And, uh, and yeah, through there, I got like 12 people. Uh, and then I, not only did I got to talk to them, but they were like, thank you so much for doing this. It's really helpful. Uh, you know, it's, I'm, I'm going to graduate. I will get people like right. some were graduating, some were like freshmen. And I was like, OK. And people liked it. And <laughs> I tell you, man, like my first headshots were horrible. I, I <laughs> but right. Um, but they took off know, from there. <laughs> yeah and then from there like I, I built the confidence and so then what i ended up doing was okay let me figure this thing out so i, I made another flyer <laughs> and i i actually ran an instagram ad uh through the stories uh, and mm. i invested like 10 or 15 dollars uh and i actually ended up getting one client so i got somebody to pay me 15 dollars at Cal State Northridge, a student from Cal State Northridge. But there you go, you broke even. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then, and then, yeah, he was like, how long you been in this business? I was like, I just started, you know, I just started like a month ago, two months ago, but yeah. he was a student, so he understood. Um, and then from there, I started just doing more. I put up a website. I joined this uh, program and then yeah, I had a website. It was like, it would say three different packages. Mm. Uh, and But I knew nothing of marketing, but, but um, yeah, through that whole year alone, I had like, 30, 40 people that I had helped out that had paid me X amount of money to right. do this. And, and I was like, damn, like, I, man, th- this works. Like there is a way. <laughs> so then, <laughs> so then, um, and then, 
And then my uh, and then I wanted to scale it because if you're building a business, you want to scale it as big as you can. And what I realized was that the business that I was in for photography, it wasn't scalable because it depended too much on me. Like I needed to be there. If I wasn't there, it wasn't, it wasn't going to be making anything. Um, and don't get me wrong. It was a good experience, but that wasn't yeah. something that I saw myself doing. And it wasn't with the mission that I always wanted to help out my community. Um, yeah. So then in my, in my fourth year, I ended up, so this year, which was my fourth year at UCLA, mm. um, um, in spring in particular. So like in January, February, I, uh, I went through one of the toughest times in my life. <laughs> and I say toughest because my family and I got COVID. So we were COVID positive. Mm. Uh, we had all these different symptoms of like, you know, loss of taste and smell, uh, fatigue, then loss of concentration. We'd get sweaty. So it's difficult. But on top of that, I was also under subject to dismissal from last quarter because I didn't perform. Right. Uh, and then on top of that, like I tell you, I, I, I deal with mental health issues and all these different issues. So I, I had on top of those two things, like I had anxiety attacks every single day for uh, of the month of uh, on the month of January, because I was like, man, what's going to happen if I do if this doesn't work out? What am I going to do? And all these different things. So I was dealing with all these different things. Uh, and the hardest thing for me was like having my own back because the counselors would tell me, like, you should drop out <laughs> or you should right. take a quarter off uh, my professor's we're telling me, you know, take a quarter off, come back next quarter. Um, and then even my family would tell me, you know what? I think it's time that you just like, let it go. Like you already tried enough. You already suffered too much. You're, you're constantly crying. I was, I was, I would cry every day, man, like <laughs> month of January. And it was difficult. Cause I was like, man, I don't even know what's going to happen. Um, and it was very difficult because even my family told me, you know, what? just drop out, you know, my older brother, my, my, my younger, my mm. younger siblings, uh, my parents would tell me, you know, I think you've had enough. I think it's time that you just let it go. You know, you try your hardest. But uh, like, man, I tell you, like, I I didn't give up. I I didn't give up. I continued to wake up. I would still go to class. I didn't feel well. The COVID stuff, I was isolated. It was very lonely. Didn't want to do anything. I, I gained some weight. I fell into really bad depression. But somehow I, 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 I made it. Like somehow I overcame all these different, yeah. you know, you know, I, I overcame this adversity of COVID and, and anxiety. And I, I started taking uh, depression medication and all these different things. And I overcame subjects to this missile. And when I overcame all of this, like, man, I was like, man, it doesn't matter what people are telling you that you can or you can't do. Like, as long as you believe in yourself. Right. So absolutely. So I actually and I ended up doing the best I've ever done. <laughs> and uh, you see, like, because of these challenges, um, and 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 then this is where it all comes down to prepare, right? So keep all right. those struggles yep. there. I knew that throughout my time being on DACA, it was very difficult for me to find opportunities, and I always needed, and I always knew I had the talent and all the different things. So when I overcame all these things, I went to a startup career fair. Undocumented students do not go to career fairs, and I don't know why, or you know whether they have DACA or not, like they don't go because they're like, I'm not going to get hired. And that wasn't even my whole point. Yeah. Like it wasn't my goal to get hired because I knew I couldn't. I was just like, I'm going to go find out what these people are building. I'd like to learn and stuff like that. So I go, it turns into an interview. They start interviewing me. I, I tell them what I'm up to. And at that time, like I was killing it on TikTok. I was <laughs> like, I had figured out TikTok. Uh, oh, yeah, TikTok. I saw you had some like 
along with your photography, you've had some amazing success on, uh, on TikTok as well uh, by combining the, both photography and, and just TikTok, right? <laughs> like the <laughs> yeah, videos I, on there. So yeah, and at that's that time, awesome. Yeah. At that time I was getting like a hundred thousand views, 700,000 views sometimes. And I was, I was yeah. killing it. And, and, and this company saw that they needed somebody that could help them right. growth hack. Uh, and this is what surprised me the most that I ended up getting a job, uh, like an, in, a paid internship offered by this startup telling me, Hey, you know, we know how valuable you'd be to the team. We want you to be our growth hacker intern and we'll pay you $16 an hour or $15 an hour. Um, and how do we go about that? And obviously I tell you that I'm always up in the undocumented. I tell these people like, oh, but I'm undocumented. They're like, well, figure it out. Who can we talk to on how to hire somebody like you, you know, join our team because we know how valuable you are. They go to, I, I, I reference them to the undocumented student program. And with the hopes of, okay, something's going to land. Uh, and I didn't have an IT number. I, I didn't have it. I didn't have anything. Um, so, you know, um, and based on my past success, I was like, they could probably give me a scholarship and like, you know, it will work out and I'll be doing this. Okay. Uh, but I didn't end up getting hired because the undocumented student program didn't help. Uh, or maybe they did, but this startup wasn't knowledgeable of like immigrants of DACA TPA. Yeah, like they probably white- used- they yeah. didn't want to go through like all the loops and, and then right, right. right right so then so then i thought to myself i was like man like this was a great opportunity for me to join a startup as a growth hacker but i can't capitalize on it right so then i go on google man and i'm like all right is there a company out there that can help me find a job like help me <laughs> with this situation being on daca right and yes there's things like on professionals then yes there's things like immigrants rising and Chidla and you know all these different organizations but none of them are like focused on helping me finding a job if i'm not on daca right like most of the time it's like for daca uh tps uh folks and stuff um so then i was like okay if there's nothing out there i want to find out if this is also a problem with my friends you know my undocumented friends at ucla so i ended up interviewing you know 10 to 13 friends that i connected with uh you know started talking to Mm. them and I asked them, you know, is this a problem that you also face? And I kept getting the same responses. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, it's not accessible for me to go to these events because I commute or I have two jobs. I can't do this. I, I, I don't have time. Uh, I don't know where to apply as a, even if they had that, I don't know where to apply. And I was like, hmm, okay, well, this is a problem, right? So then um, I go on Google <laughs> So I go back on Google and I'm like, okay, if this is a problem for our community, is this also a problem for um, employers? Do employers also, you know, have a hard time hiring immigrant talent? And what I found was that a lot of employers are still as skeptical of hiring DACA, DACA individuals, even though they right. can work. Um, and even though there is a lot of, you know, th- there's been multiple articles online where, you know, Fortune 500 companies are in support of dreamers. It's still not enough. <laughs> like it's not enough. It's 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 a it's a small majority. Like it's it's a small percentage of the amount of people that can actually work and the amount of people that can bring talent into the team. Right. And I was like, why hasn't there been a solution for this? If this is something that you know, when 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 immigrants talk about or undocumented people talk about citizenship, they talk about going back to their countries and like you know visiting family members. But on top of that is also to make a living, right? Like. How do you, how are you supposed to make a living if you don't, if you can't work? Yeah. And then I was like, okay, how can I sort of tackle this? And then I had this idea. Okay. I'm a bridge the gap between undocumented students and employers. Cause that was, <laughs> that yeah. was me. Tell us and the then, vision and the mission. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, 
so then this idea got developed because I started just pitching it to people. Uh, mm-hmm. I started pitching it to founders that were not immigrants. Uh, and they were like, oh, yeah, I would love to give an opportunity to an undocumented student. Uh, but I don't know how to do it. And I keep hearing that. So then I built a solution and I was like, okay, let me work on this. And Prepare has gone through so many pivots. Uh, but now I can tell you what Prepare is. Well, Prepare's mission is... well you know prepares mission is to bridge that gap between immigrant talent and employers by providing resources by connecting them with employers um, and helping them make a living uh, regardless of status meaning that there's there's still ways that you can totally make a living as an independent contractor it's just there's ways that you communicate that and that's what we're solving. Like the way that you communicate mm-hmm. it, that's how we're solving. And we want to be that first and leading platform with all these resources on how to engage immigrant talent with you as employers. Um, and our vision is really to help uplift, you know, majority of the immigrants here in the U.S. that are not work authorized and help them contribute their skills because they are skillful to these companies that need them. And right now is, is the right time to do it because... Because of the pandemic, there's over <laughs> there's over nine million jobs that are being unfilled uh, by these right. companies. So there's opportunity there, um, and um, yeah, that's what we're working on. I mean, it, right. it's been a long process, but we have a team of six. Uh, we have over 155 people signed up on our emailing list, and we actually mm-hmm. sent out a, a newsletter yesterday. Um, we had we have one company that signed our contract. Uh, you know, to for us to really just help them recruit somebody um and then okay and well yeah, man. not to cut you off but i want to get into um yeah. the entrepreneurship um spirit part of it like mm-hmm. how did you come up with the name and how is your experience um building the the prepare web team right um was it like people you already knew that you had in mind that you reached out to or how was that experience as um as an entrepreneur, right? Like building your team and just coming up with the name and, and, and the struggles that you faced so far as, as yeah. a company and a team and a CEO, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, totally. Totally. Yeah. I mean, the name was easy. <laughs> the, name was, I think <laughs> the name was the easiest thing because I knew that it, I've always said this immigrants, like undocumented students is not that they're not skillful. It's not that they don't have talent. They're just not prepared how to do it. And I had to figure it out on my own to be like, oh, I branded myself. I got these opportunities. Let me just show other people how to do that. And I was like, okay, what's what's a name that could roll off the tongue and people could say it? I was like, oh, prepare. We'll help you prepare. Uh, and and that's how the, the name come up came up. And and again, it was done by market research, talking to people and and interviewing them. Uh, and then when it comes to building the team, I mean you have to keep in mind that my startup is really early stage. We've only been right. around for seven months. And I, I mean, obviously like I started the idea, I started all these different things, but the way that I recruited my, my team, it was, it was interesting because all I did was, I mean, I put up, I'm looking for a partnerships person. I'm looking for a marketing person. Uh, I'm looking for these things. And I put it up on a website and I had people apply. Uh, and then through social media, I mean, I've, I've used social media all the time and I tell people, share it, share it. Uh, and my post where I posted, it, I was looking for people, uh, got over like a hundred and something shares uh, on Instagram because wow. people liked the mission and the vision. And yeah. it got a lot of traction because of, well, for one, because of my network and for two, like because of the problem that it's a big problem right now. And then um, people applied. I interviewed them. 
no idea what I was doing. <laughs> um, but yeah, I found that's how I found my co-founder, uh, Beatrice. Uh, she had experience, you know, building partnerships and in the nonprofit sector. And I knew that I needed that. I didn't have that experience. Like my experience lies within personal branding, building your, you know, your mm -hmm. social media marketing. And I knew that I needed people that had the skills that I didn't have um, and the experiences that I didn't have. So then from there, um, one of the one of the founders that I had pitched it to, um, he actually became my advisor uh, and he would advise me through, OK, you should do this, you should do that and, and stuff. So I have had guidance there. Hmm. um and he helped me through that process and and then after that once i had a co-founder i mean i had never done something like this i've never had a co-founder uh but like i tell you my motto has always been like I i'll figure it out <laughs> i'll figure it out as i go um and then yeah i met Beatrice. i had never met her before honestly <laughs> i was wondering I when i saw like the team i was like with the last names I, was like, I wonder if there's any relation there <laughs> <laughs> no but no i was like i don't think there is <laughs> no everybody on my team i've never met before and i and i met them because they applied or some way or another um and you know i think the easiest thing is um <laughs> convincing them to join my team the hardest thing is is sort of not micromanage but making sure that everybody does what they're good at and not do things that they're not good at because like yeah. i've said this like i can't expect somebody that has never done marketing to do marketing or branding because that just wouldn't really work and it wouldn't be efficient mm -hmm. so one of the things that i'm learning as a as a you know as as somebody leading this project is for one like making sure that like i delegate tasks but not micromanage to the point where like it gets you know it could get uh like unpleasant for them yeah yeah mm -hmm. um so that's number one. Number two is like communicating that we are a startup and not just a small business, like communicating to them that we're pivoting, uh, communicating to them that like, oh, this is what we're doing now. This is who we're talking to um, and making sure that everybody in the team understands what we're doing, uh, because sometimes they might say things that we're not doing <laughs> and, and that could put us in a different situation, given the issue that we're the problem that we're solving. Mm. um so that's those are some of the challenges uh and then you know it, it's also been about like you know we we're none of us are getting paid right now uh so okay. it's it's also like you know how do you make sure that you maximize somebody's capability uh without you know without paying them anything i mean the the fellows that we brought on we are paying them uh, because we're like, okay, we need some help. And these areas we're planning on launching in November, we need some people to stay here. Um, so that's how we got them. You know, we're like, okay, like we'll put up some stuff for people to help us in partnerships, events and uh, mm. content creation. And then we'll oversee, you know, these people that could help us in the marketing and branding. Um, and, but besides that, I mean, the, the biggest problems are just like the number one problem is communicating it to the world on what we're doing in a way yeah. that doesn't put us in a, in a, in a, in a, in a sticky situation, given our statuses. So it's, uh, that's why we've mm -hmm. refrained it. We went from helping undocumented job seekers connect with employers to now, you know, uh, connecting immigrant talent with us employers. Uh, but there's a whole, like there's a lot of things that I had, there's a lot of people that I had to meet and pitch this to in order to get to that conclusion of like, Oh, say it this way. Don't say it that way. Um, okay. and, um, yeah, I hope that answered your question. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. I answered my question. Um, 
I was also wondering from a user side and employer side, how uh, one would go about this, right? You, you, you have a company that um, is hiring undocumented people or DACA um, folks. What is the process to apply for this? Um, how does that look from the user's perspective? And how does it look from an employer perspective to post like their job on your website, right? Yeah, yeah. So I didn't mention this, but we're we're essentially a recruiting agency for DACA and TPS right now, and then eventually for independent contractors. Okay. Uh, uh, but the way that it works is every company that has a job posting on our website, I connected with them prior, and we talked about this whole process. Uh, we we answered the well, I answered the questions, and uh, I make sure that their mission and their team and their vision is in alignment with us. Because we understand the struggle. We understand our people more than they will. Um, and we're not going to do, we're not going to go into a partnership with a company that is not in alignment with us. So the whole process is simple. Like first, you know, well, this is interesting because the, the company that we have now, uh, Foreign Objects, they, the founder reached out to me on Facebook because he wanted to hire me for his for his uh, job. <laughs> um, but then I, I remember telling him like, Hey, like I'm building this startup and I can probably find you some awesome people. Cause uh, uh, because we're all skillful. Like I mentioned, let's yeah. talk about this uh, and I'll do it for a testimonial. Like, you know, there's no, we just want to prove that we, that it works. Uh, so once I met with him, you know, I learned about the job posting. I learned about his mission, his values, the type of person he's doing. And then that's once they sign mm. the contract, that's when we post it on our website. And that's when we begin sourcing for people and interviewing people and then referring them. Uh, and then once we make that successful referral, then they'll give us a testimonial. And that's essentially how it works. Uh, so from their, their perspective, uh, one of the things that they talk about all the time is the taxes. Uh, and we're like, oh, well, you know, DACA recipients have an EID. They have a social. It's simple. It's, it's normal. The same thing. Um, and then, um, so from there and it's easier for them to just get, you know, talent through us because we understand that process and we are the ones sort of talking to the people that apply on our website, um, yeah. and then referring them. Uh, but you know, it's a whole recruitment process. So we help the people that apply to our website, you know, we help them navigate the whole process. So like, let's say they're lacking on resume and this employer really needs like a good resume or needs a good LinkedIn we'll help them do that like we won't charge them like as long as they as long as they could stay through the whole process like we'll connect them with an employer if that makes any sense but yeah that, that makes sense and I was that was one of the questions I was gonna ask as well like what happens um if someone's like uh applies but the employer is like we need like a um a resume right maybe something that not yeah, that's how we refer them. people think yeah, yeah. do yeah, you so then are, like tell them to to uh you you help them like build a resume as you were saying yeah yeah so like we we help them throughout the whole recruitment process right mm. so if the employer tells us like oh you can do the first round of interviews uh then we'll do it for them uh so we're helping the employer on that side uh helping them sort of you know fill in this position but on, on our, our side, we help the people that, that are qualified and we think that are the best fit for this position. We help them through whatever it is that they need. So if they need a resume, um, we'll help them with the resume. If, if it looks like plain, we'll help them just make it look better. 
Um, and we also understand that we don't know a lot of things. Um, so that is one of the things we value in our company. We're like, okay, you don't, you don't understand how to do this resume. All right, let's look it up. Let's figure it out. Um, and, um, we're figuring that out really. Uh, and so, yeah, I hope, I hope that makes sense. Like the people that apply yep. to us, we help them mm-hmm. get to the employer. Uh, and we make sure that before it's even on our website, like this company is, is, is viable and is within our mission and our vision and yep. understands who they're talking to, because we're not just going to do it with anybody. They have specific requirements for mm-hmm. us to go into this sort of process um and but yeah man it's been a long process like it's uh you know there's there's still challenges we face you know in terms of like the team and and even just understanding like the legal aspect and 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 just uh like i tell you like communicating it in a way that tells you what we're doing but not in the way that is going to put us at risk so uh it's a lot of you know it's a lot of learning but we've i mean we're making really good progress for november um yeah and and yeah, we're we're hoping to incorporate very very soon, um, but yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. Um, so wait, you're saying this November? Yes, uh, this November. Yeah. What's uh What's the plan for November? I don't have that plan yet. Uh, you know. Okay, I just thought you that. had like yeah, I thought you were gonna like roll something out for November. I, okay, okay. Even if I did, I mean, <laughs> that's that's our launch. I mean, we're we'll, we'll have some some resources and hopefully like we'll make an event like a virtual event just inviting people to join it oh, um, okay. so they understand who we are um yeah. but there's a lot of like back end to to focus on um but okay. yeah <laughs> okay no cool and what type of like information would i need uh if i was applying right like name uh last name right and then uh email i i, I would expect and like what what type of information do you ask from uh someone applying yeah, I mean, we, you know, right now we're only we're only helping the people that have DACA TPS. They live in California uh, when it comes to in in, in person. Uh, but all you need is to apply, like you know, your your name, um, your phone number, your email, and then you submit our resume, and then we'll get back to you. We'll email you after a while, and then we'll have a call with you. You know, I, I mean, I'll have a call with you. <laughs> I say we because I mean, I I yeah I um but. But yeah, that's all you need, really. Uh, and but majority of the time, we it depends on the position that we're trying to fill. Like if it's a software engineer, obviously it's different skills. But we'll look at the resume and we'll be like, okay, uh, gotcha. this is what the company needs. Does this person have that? We'll we'll ask them questions and then you know then we'll follow up. But we're very transparent uh, enough to say, hey, like this might not be the right position, but uh, we'll keep you in mind. And whenever something you know comes up, like. Mm-hmm. when it uh well we'll we'll definitely follow up with you uh but it's a it's a, it's a long process for sure it, right okay process. and then um what startup stage are you at you see you're like pretty early on um but um i'm wondering like what uh like have you pitched it to investors or 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 are you going to do you need to or what kind of funding are you looking for if if any yeah, so we're we're in the product market fit stage. So I would say that right now we're just, you know, we're going to market, just trying to fill in positions, see if we can solve this problem with companies. Um, about pitching, yeah, I've already actually pitched it to <laughs> a couple of people. Um, am I seeking funding? I, I think that there's always a need for funding when it comes to building. So we're building a C-Corp. So we're, we're going to need okay. funding to, to do that. 
um, and make sure that we have a legal stuff and all these things. Um, right now, I think we're just looking for like grants uh, without equity with investors. So uh, we have two advisors actually now. Um, and what they advise me right now is to not go for investors that want equity. So we could get grants um, for us to, you know, to just take this to the next level, you know, we're, would be good, but as of right now, we're just bootstrapping it. Everything right. we've invested is coming from our savings. Well, it's coming from my savings for the, for right now. Uh, and then, uh, once we have like, once we've done this process once or twice or three times, four times, five times, like, and once we could actually land a customer, a company to pay us for our service, that's when we take it to the next level and, and go yeah. because even with venture capitalists and angel investors, they want equity. Yeah. Uh, they want a piece of the pie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and right now we're not sure if we want that. At least I'm not sure if I want that at least right now, but we, we will eventually seek venture funding, but that's once we were already like making revenue, making way more traction and a okay. lot more people find out about us. Cause mm-hmm. that's when we'll need a legal team for sure. And we need money for that. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. And, and what's your, um, cause like you said, of course, like every business needs to generate revenue, right? Yeah. Um, what are some ways that, uh, prepare plans to do this or, or, or you're already thinking of, of doing right. Like what's your business model as far as like, uh, how, how you just bringing in revenue? Yeah. Yeah. So everything we do is contingent recruiting. Uh, so our model is contingency recruiting agency business model. So the way that it works is, um, you know, we, we look for a company and, or this company reaches out to us. We have actually had a couple companies reach out to us, um, and they're looking for, for, for somebody, right. Uh, and then they're offering this person and, and we, right now we really want to focus on just full-time positions, uh, but, but we'll see how it works out with part-time or full-time. But um, the company reaches out to us about this position. We get a talk, we talk to them, we show them the contract. Uh, if they like what they see, um, we, and if we, if they end up hiring somebody for, through our services, they give us 15% of, of the candidates first year salary. Um, but it's not taken away from that person's salary. It's just an external fee that they pay us for our services, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, that makes perfect sense, actually. How do you come up with the 15% uh, for, the, for the year? Is that just like, uh, is that just the rate for this kind of uh, business? Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. So it's, it's, uh, it's a rate for recruiting agencies, um, but it's actually on the lower end. Uh, most agencies, depending on what type of people you're recruiting, like obviously if it's an executive you're recruiting, like mm. that's like 25%, 35% of their yeah. first year salary. Uh, but like I mentioned, you know, I, we, we were, well, I was in between 10 to 15%. Uh, but like I tell you, uh, we'll only learn if we go to, you know, product, we go out there in the market to do this. But yeah, like mm. 15% is where we're starting. Uh, and I doubt that people will negotiate with us to bring it down but if we have to i think i'd be i mean i'd be willing to negotiate with with the company uh because of our mission like our mission is essentially you know to help these people that have never had opportunities or they they have the skills um help them connect with employers right so uh but yeah that's the standard for right now um and we have like a whole contract for that and a bunch of stuff like we 
like I'm very like I tell you like it's 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 definitely a risky business but like I take calculated mm-hmm. risk and I make sure that like I read what what I'm doing like I, I spoke to like a legal person to look over my contract last week nice. um and and these are just like from my from my network so from startup UCLA they have legal office hours so I went to that and I asked them uh, and then my two advisors, one of them, he's actually also undocumented, but I haven't, I'm not going to say his name because I haven't put him out there. Uh, sure, I yeah. haven't asked him. Uh, and then I have another one. He's actually, uh, he's a UCLA, they're both UCLA alums, but the other one, he's not undocumented, but he's built two startups, gone from pitching to funding to, um, you know, uh, raising capital. So I have those two people sort of advising me and then um, you know, my team, I mean, I, I, I really, I mean, I really value my team and, and whenever they, you know, th- if they're not feeling well, like one thing that I, that I'm learning is like, not everybody's going to work on this Monday through Sunday, like me. So I tell yeah, them, yeah. don't, don't work or don't do anything, uh, Saturday and Sunday, like don't, don't bother. Just take that time for yourself because I really value mental health. Cause I go through it. Right. Um, and, um, and yeah, if they, if they don't feel like they can do something right now be like, Hey, you know what? Like, uh, take a whole week off you know go go take it off and then just come back uh, because I also understand that I'm the only one working on this full-time everybody else on my team is like they are you know they either have like uh you know they're either working elsewhere or this is like secondary to them so it can't be their priority but for me it is and and um and yeah like if there's something I don't understand I'm gonna read about it I'm gonna learn about it uh, mm-hmm. but uh but yeah I hope that answered your question <laughs> yep no absolutely yeah and then um so, so the only cost, so is there any like cost for the uh, companies that you hire them or is it just that con- like contractual uh, fee? Like, do they, do they pay you to like post on your website, like to show their postings or is it just once like that deal is made, then that fee goes into place? Correct. So no, mm. so it's, so it's actually, so they can't, no, they, nobody can post but uh gotcha. right because you have to like vet them basically like yeah okay, yeah. okay so so we're very picky on, well i'm very picky on who we partner with uh, yeah no it makes one. sense <laughs> and then for two it's it's actually they don't pay us um they it's actually so what contingency recruiting means is that like they only pay us if they make a hire through one of our referrals so gotcha, if okay. they if they end up hiring one of the people that we gave their resume or their cv like that's when they pay us mm-hmm. and the contract mm-hmm. talks about that like that's why the contract is there and that's why it's overlooked um <laughs> and um but yeah it's only when they make that hire like it, it, it won't happen um and then that's why i say like it's it's really no risk like you know it, it might take obviously this might change later on when we have more traction and where there's limited right. resources but this is where we're starting right now for the employers. It's not very risky. You're not paying anything yeah, until right. you make that hire. Um, and then right now, yeah, we're just fine. We're just trying to find like businesses that want to try us out and 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 help us out uh, with our mission and 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 see how our whole process works. Um, but yeah, that's how it works. Like nobody could <laughs> nobody can post on our website right now because we're not a job listing. So like we're a recruiting agency. Like. Mm-hmm. That's the only time when we will post. Uh, besides that, like you know, nobody could post on our website. Awesome. I have access to it. Can't do that. <laughs> All right, yeah. and then uh, so how are you planning to like scale the company and um, and just getting like more companies on 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 board as well as like more undocumented like the word out to more undocumented people? Yeah, for sure. Well, like I tell you, we gotta start somewhere. 
Uh, mm-hmm. We have to we have to do that process once. Uh, once we do that process once, we'll do it again. We'll do it again. Uh, and then eventually we'll get to a point where we've done the process so much where now it's time. All right, guys, like we've done this 15 times. We've got paid 15 times already. Okay, let's <laughs> let's 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 scale this. Uh, and uh, yeah, so once we figure out that process, the scaling is actually one of the things that I think would be easy because it's such a big issue. Um, yeah. And also what we're doing today is like it's preparing <laughs> it's preparing <laughs> us for uh the future uh so everything that we do today like i don't think in the short term like i don't think of like okay i have this idea we're gonna do it now like no there's there's steps to it right uh so um the number one thing for us is just finding companies that 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 are struggling to fill in their job postings let let them talk to us and, and and see if this is something they'd be interested in um and some and and it's also good to understand that not every company is going to be for the social mission that we're with but yeah right every company might be struggling to fill in their job postings and if we could help them through that then okay uh then then it'd be done in deal uh but there's a lot of things that uh we mm-hmm. we talked about and there's there's definitely plans uh like i yeah, tell no, you absolutely. I, I i yeah but that's you, you learn that you learn as you go you know this is this is your first like official company yeah so yeah there's always the, that learning curve um i was wondering what you if you could like uh who would you consider as like competitors or if any competitors out there at all um well i mean i think that there's a lot of organizations out there doing similar work mm-hmm. um off the top of my head i mean i know that like across i mean not 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 with us but like in in like across seas like there's this there's this uh organization called upwardly global and they actually do something like this but they're a nonprofit, so that could Mm. be a competitor uh the welcoming center in pennsylvania they also have resources for immigrants but um there could be there could be million competitors out there yeah but one of the things that they always neglect are either daca recipients or uh people that don't have work authorization so Mm -hmm. all of these people are creating solutions for people that that are immigrants but they can't they do have work authorization but what do you do with like people that you know have independent contractors and like Mm -hmm. i mentioned like it's it hasn't been solved because they've never done that process or they haven't gone through it and um that's what sets us apart that like eventually we'll get to that point where all right we'll, we'll help you find an independent contractor um and um yeah we'd be helping a lot more people so that's what that's what sets us apart right now um Mm -hmm. obviously i can't neglect other other organizations that are out there there's a lot of good ones um but uh but i'm ready i mean i'm ready bring them (laughs) on you know like i I love it yeah i love it (laughs) hey that's what keeps you going that's what keeps you innovating right competition in my opinion yeah um so right now you're exclusively uh just on the internet right just through a website do you ever like plan on rolling out like an application in in the long run, like what a, do you mean? like an app just on on, on your phone, oh, or yeah, do you have I mean, it? No, no. I mean, I mean, there's there's plans for a lot of things. It's yeah. just that this is where we are right now because it's it's viable for us. I mean, I'm still a UCLA student, so I understand my capabilities because I once oh, okay. I graduate, like are like, you graduating? Oh, I thought you graduated already. Are no, you graduating no, this I, year? N- yeah, yeah. So I also wow, have to that's keep amazing. That You're doing mind. all this while being a student. That is not easy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, I, 
but but what we are doing right now is like post uh, uh applying to accelerator programs okay. um so i will tell you that um especially i get these opportunities because i'm still a student um and you know there's there's use all your resources yeah yeah mm-hmm. and and i think what uh and it's been a lot of help like startup bc day has helped me a lot and and you know i'm i'm, I'm hoping to apply to this uh accelerator called sky deck uh, at berkeley um and there's other programs that i want to apply to obviously we can't get them all but um number one is just to to build connections really because that's what's going to help us at least at this stage um like i don't think I, I know you, I know you mentioned this too. Like, what are the costs for us? Like, we've actually well, I've invested over a thousand dollars on this, uh, just for like you know our CRM tools, uh, you know, for Notion to keep track of all of our notes, um, our website. Like, I'm not a coder, so I created that website through Squarespace, but it came out clean because I, I I was like, it okay. is clean. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and then a bunch of other things, and then to incorporate, obviously, we need money, right? So, um, but uh. But yeah, I hope that that sort of yeah no. I mean, you covered everything that I that I had to um, ask that I had in mind. So uh, I appreciate you taking the time coming on here and telling us about about your journey as well as uh, your entrepreneurship and and your experience with the company and being a student. So um, yeah, I really appreciate you doing that for us. And if you have any other questions or anything that I didn't cover that you would like to go over. Now's your time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, a lot of people ask me what motivates me to do this. Well, this is not just a business for me. It's a personal thing. Like it's it's something that I grew up with struggling to to do all these things. So, you know, what motivates me is being able to help all those people that don't have an opportunity or they've always wanted one. Um, and for me, and this might sound crazy to people, but like I'm willing to do anything I have to do to make this a reality because I know how much it can help people. If I have to take a year off from UCLA, my last year to do this, I will do that. If I have to wake up at 3.30 in the morning, I will do that uh, because I know that for me, I told people that, um, man, I have nothing to lose. Like I've already struggled a lot, you know, and 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 honestly, like, I haven't had seizures, right? But it could happen at any time. Anything in my family, it could happen at any time. And for me, that's how I view life. And if I don't do that right now, like, you know, I will never do it. So I'm really motivated for this. And, I, and I'm and i very passionate about the problem. Um, and I'm all for it. And I'm not going to give up. Uh, that's one thing. Like, I tell this to my team. Like, I, I mean, I wake up really early, man. I, I wake up at 3.30 in the morning just to go to the gym, come back, you know, then work on this. Right now I'm in summer, so I have way more time to do this. Right. Um, and um, yeah, if you're if you're out there listening to this and, and, you're, and you're thinking of starting something, just start it because you'll never be fully ready, really. You'll never have all the answers. Uh, and, and even what they say in startups, like when you launch something, you got to be embarrassed of whatever you launched. And if you, if you launch it and you're not embarrassed, then you waited too long to launch it. Um, <laughs> like, uh, I know there's a lot of things to fix, but, you know, just figure it out on your own. And and look, everybody out there can have XYZ. All these people can, can have a freaking Rolls Royce. Uh, their family comes from all these different backgrounds. But I'll make sure that they don't outwork me. And I'll make sure that I'll wake up earlier every single day. I post that <laughs> content every single day because you know what? What it what would be crazy that like, 
man, if I outwork somebody and I get there and I can make this happen, regardless of all these things that happen to me, like, man, anybody could have anything, but what they, they're not going to do is they're not going to outwork me. And I'm, and I'm, and I'm telling you, like, I'm willing to make this. I'm really like, nobody, like, like my, <laughs> my co-founder thinks I'm crazy. Like I text her sometimes at 4 a.m., 3.30. And, <laughs> and she's like, go to sleep. Like you're my family, you know, but uh, I, I'm really passionate about this and I'm willing to go all out for it. So I want people to know that, that like, you know, it is possible. You just got to ask and you got to just be really, if you want to start a business, be really passionate because specifically for like, for startups or like businesses that aren't generating revenue at first, like it could be very discouraging, but if you're passionate about it, about it, like, you know, you can make it happen, but I'll leave it at that. I mean, I, yeah. I could, <laughs> I could talk for hours. But... <laughs> no, absolutely. No, thank you for bringing it all your knowledge and, and most importantly, thank you for being real with us. You know, that's not something you, you get a lot with, um, with people and, and I appreciate you doing that. So, so th thanks again. And I wish for all the success for your company because it's um it's unique it's it's one that's definitely needed and i would love to see it uh, evolve into into even bigger it will <laughs> it will it's just not gonna i know it's just not gonna be easy and i know it's when competitors come around like I, i'll be ready i'll be ready so i um and that's where i'm at i'm at right now i mean i'm 21 man i have Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed the podcast, please give it five stars on Apple Podcasts and a follow on Spotify. It helps me tremendously in order to bring more awareness and educational resources to our community. For more information and to stay up to date with what I'm doing, you can follow me on Instagram at latinamericaneo. And if you need more information and resources, you can visit my website, latinamericaneo.org. I'm Kevin Munoz. This has been the Leo Podcast, and I'll see you next time. This podcast is not investment advice, and I am not a qualified licensed investment advisor. All information on here, including any ideas, opinions, views, predictions, forecasts, commentaries, suggestions, or stock picks expressed or implied are for informational, entertainment, or educational purposes only and should not be construed as personal investment advice. Conduct your own due diligence or consult a licensed financial advisor or broker before making any and all investment decisions. Any investments, trades, speculations, or decisions made on the basis of any information found on this podcast expressed or implied are committed at your own risk, financial or otherwise.